0: Hello everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Podcast of the Galaxy. I am here as always with Jared. How's it going, Jared? It's going very well. How are you? Pretty good. Uh obviously, uh, we just uh we are we have just seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So uh and that's going to be our uh basically our focus of the episode today. Uh, and we certainly have thoughts on it. Uh, some good, some bad. Uh, uh, and uh, we're just looking forward to getting into the um, uh, the swing of things here with the quantum review. And it's certainly been it's been since November since we've had a new movie to review, so this should be uh exciting. Uh, uh, and especially with uh, big of a blockbuster as this, should be uh quite a fun one today. So with that being said, we are going to start it off uh like we usually do. So we are going to be giving our very first reactions to this film. We're going to be going into a little detail about the characters, some of our favorite parts, some things that we didn't necessarily like because I know we both kind of had a little bit of that throughout. And uh, end credits, stuff like that. And just a small little preview into how we think the events of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania tie into the upcoming Avengers movies that we will have. So, with that being said, let's get right into it, Jared. Uh, what were your first reactions uh, following this film, seeing this film?
1: So, I mean, overall, it was very positive. I, I, I really liked the movie. It was really good. We Obviously, we went to see it together. When I came to the movie theater, I, I really liked it. There were, there were a couple aspects that I had gripes with. We'll get to those a little later. But, I mean, first of all, got to get this out of the way first. Kang. Absolute menace! Oh my god, he was so amazing. Jonathan Majors cannot—I can't give him enough credit. He was such a good actor. He was—he was the epitome of evil. Like he was evil. It was crazy. It's such a great actor, and he played such a good role. He was easily the star of the movie, and I don't—I don't think anyone compared—not even close. But he, one of the best villains that we've ever had, maybe the best villain that we've ever had, in terms of performances. I, I absolutely loved it. In terms of the Ant-Man factor, it was very good. A big adventure. Super cool cinem- cinematics. Very, very visually pleasing. A lot of stuff going on. They seemed to, seem to be very creative with what they were doing. And obviously, again, there was a couple gripes that I had, but that comes with the character. That comes with a movie and you know i've had time to stew over things and we'll get to those later but overall it was just a very positive experience
0: yeah so uh, first of all i would also agree that it was a positive experience for me too um when the reviews came out i'm gonna i i i I would like to kind of steer away from having the reviews be a factor into this episode obviously but i do want to touch on it real quick um, I was like for the very beginning, I'm not sure how much I bought into their views because I do think, and this isn't just me trying to like like people can have their own opinions. They didn't like the movie, that's obviously very fun. And and there were like a, like you said, Jared, there were a few gripes with it. In no way, shape, or form would I ever give this. I think it's at a 48 right now. I think that's what it's zeroed in on. In no way, shape, or form does this deserve that rating that it got on Rotten Tomatoes. So I do just want to say that uh, – and I, I knew ahead of time that I was probably going to like this more than the reviews considering it did introduce Kang, and it most and it, I I was expecting it to be fun like the anime movies usually were. That's how I went and expecting it. I wasn't expecting an Avengers-level film. I came out quite satisfied in the end. So I absolutely do not agree with the score that it got. Not that I really not, – not that scores should actually matter when people are going to uh, see a movie or the general audience at least. So I certainly do not believe when we talk about the ratings that it deserves to be crapped on as much as it has been. Besides, I do think the general audience, especially since when you look at the general audience for Add Tomatoes score is a lot better. That's at 84. So And that's probably where – um i would land i could even say a little bit lower than that so like maybe 80 but um maybe maybe high 70s but if i were scoring it that way because i just i i did have fun with this movie uh like you said now going into my own personal review i thought that king was fantastic i was expecting when me with me getting you know already a King Funko Pop before going to see the film, I was expecting King to be the badass in this film that I thought he was going to be. He everything and more. Um, there were some very and I'm going to go into detail about this later, but there were some very 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 cool moments with Kang and this that made me go, "Oh shit, the Avengers are screwed." Um, and I loved the Ant family dynamic once again. That whole aspect of family has been a gr- very driving force behind the uh a lot of people's uh liking. It's in the first two A. M. A. movies. I love that we got the father and daughter dynamic once again. Uh, with 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 Cassie grown up now, so I like that. I liked uh Janet's role. She obviously had a massive role, and she was the. If I were to rank character, she would absolutely be second on the list because she she obviously had a very important role. And I think Michelle Pfeiffer uh, did a fantastic job it, it, because this was kind of her biggest film, biggest um, role in a Marvel film so far because we didn't really get to see a lot of her in Amanda the Wasp. Uh, so, yeah, I really liked uh, uh, why am I forgetting Hank. Hank Pym did a great job as usual, and uh, obviously Paul Rudd very funny. Um, and I, even though he did have a more serious side, obviously, but Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd. I mean, you can't really go wrong with him, so I enjoyed him. And uh, yeah, uh, Hope. Actually, I will say something about Hope. We did not get a lot, uh, especially because the movie was titled Ant Man: The was Quantum Media. She def- definitely did not have a significant role, but with what we got of her um i appreciated especially in the end there we're going to talk about the ending but i did like her role in the end in the very end and uh yeah so i I just thought and cassie too even though they did change the actresses from the avengers film i do think uh catherine newton the actress did a great job in her marvel debut i cassie was a very relatable character and i think she was quite enjoyable as well so all those characters great There is one that I haven't touched on because I am going to set time in in terms of characters, I'm going to set time aside for to talk about them. But um, uh, characters for the most part, fantastic. Fun movie. It was a fun journey through the quantum realm. It did have its gripes, like I said, but absolutely not deserving the reviews it got, in my opinion. So, Jared, with that being said, anything else you wanted to add on to that, or do you have any other first reactions you had?
1: I mean, i have to agree with you about the hope
0: thing we didn't get a lot of
1: her um and i mean there was there was so many characters in the movie when you when you look back at it there were so many characters like and obviously it did focus a lot on paul rudd and his dynamic with his daughter which you know i'm fine with but yeah you're right like some some characters just didn't get a ton of like hank Pym. we didn't get a ton of them either like there was some really important parts uh, and one thing I will like to a- actually, actually, we'll we'll highlight that over in important moments. But I agree with your point. We didn't get we did, some characters we just didn't get a lot of them, especially because it is an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. It was a little confusing why the Wasp wasn't in there very much.
0: Yeah, I mean Hank Pym I would have liked to see more of too, but he did. Then again, he did have a fun role with being the leader of that Ant Army there, so I I enjoyed that as well. And Michael Douglas obviously fantastic actor. So even if it wasn't for as massive a role, it was good to see him. Um, so, yeah, those are our first reactions. Uh, so, yeah, the consensus bit with us, at least, is that it was a solid film. Um, so And, yeah, I would probably, Jared, I did want to ask you this before you move on here. And I know I've probably told you this, but I wanted to know if this sounds accurate to you. But um, I will confidently say, and obviously we're going to be doing some more rankings like this as we go along. So you're gonna, I'm going to be able to go in detail about this. But um, and this is one of the reasons why I don't agree with the reviews. Um, I w- th- I was concerned that this was going to turn into a Thor Love and Thunder type movie where they were going to focus on the comedy aspect. Uh, and, and which kind of like would have uh, similar to how it screwed over gore the god it would have screwed over king's introduction um i don't think that's the case at all for this film and i do think this is a better film than thor Love and thunder and where i compare this to other films i actually think i like this enjoy this more than multiverse of madness things like eternals things like black widow so yeah this is certainly um why while, while it hasn't been my favorite film since endgame this is certainly like either i i don't know if I'm not going to think about it right now, but he definitely lands uh, fourth or fifth range in turn- out of all the movies that have come out since that game. So, Jared, what are your thoughts on what I just said? Well, first of all,
1: I, I don't know how I forgot to mention this, but the ratings were insane. Like, yeah. I don't understand. All right. So I, will- I will bring up one thing that I do agree with the ratings. There were some characters who didn't serve a purpose.
0: That's correct. I will and say that. that's that is something that yep, you basically go into one of my gripes that I'll explain later.
1: Yeah, and I mean we can talk about gripes a little later, but I completely agree with you. Like this was a good movie. I would say in terms of enjoyment, I mean like I think that Shang-Chi is above it, No Way Home is above it, uh Kind of Forever is above it, but there aren't many other movies that are above it for it. I mean, it was a very there was so much happening in the movie, but honestly if I, I I don't know, I, I will probably talk more about it later, but I mean, like, corrections with the movie I would have made. But obviously, I'm also not the director there. I mean, yeah, I mean, still, even with the gripes that I have a what's what's the rating right now? Again, what's the Rotten Tomatoes? 48. 48%. That's just ridiculous. There are so many worse movies that have way better. And honestly, that's yep. why I don't really trust uh, Rotten Tomatoes very much.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it it is what it is. Like I said, critics, you know, this probably was not. I mean, when you look at the fact that this is all in the quantum realm with a whole lot of CGI, and, uh, you know, it probably was not going to do well with the critics. And especially with how weird it was, too. Because, I mean, it absolutely, it was definitely, I could definitely say it was the weirdest Marvel movie yet, considering you had a bunch of those creatures, you had the ooze, you had, (laughs) I will say, speaking of characters, VEB. Which Veb was pretty funny. That alien that alien guy talking talk about the holes. I thought that was very funny. But that might not have that might have been weird to critics. So I mean like i I I I'd partially understand that aspect if they thought like the you know, the stuff just being the all being in the quantum realm being a little bit too weird and stuff like that, or like kind of like unreal at this point to the point where it's just not even though it's it's a fictional universe it's not realistic at all and it's kind of jarring so th- that would be the only possible reason why i believe that they would rate this as low other than that i think it's a very perfectly quali- per- perfectly fine quality of a film um what i would expect from a trip to the quantum realm so but yeah i'm not going to go into the reviews anymore cuz it's pointless when obviously we're here giving our own review so but yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think it's much better than a, quite frankly, quite a few Marvel projects out there, in my opinion. Not the not the best. I I wouldn't even put this in my top ten. It does, definitely does not crack that. But it, it it's it's certainly a movie I'm gonna go be going to watch back on Disney Plus. So uh, and, and because I I think that it's because you know it's it's a fun movie in my opinion, and it does it is very critical. Uh, to set up uh, the future of the MCU, so with that being said, actually, we are going to take the time now to go into gripes because I feel like that's you know, we, we're going to get into even more positives at the end of the show, so we're not going to uh, uh, we're not going to cover the good and then the bad, so let's just go to the gripes we had because they're like I said, while this is a, uh, a 40 48 percent. I, I definitely and while I think that this deserves uh, more credit than it's receiving, there were a few gripes. So, Jared, what did you w- did you uh, have any takeaways in terms of the flaws of this film? Well, um,
1: I mean, I I agree with you on some things. One thing that you know I talked to you in school about is yeah M- yeah. So, Modoc yeah. M- so was when when I saw him in the. When I saw him in the trailers, I was very excited. He looked pretty menacing. And I was really excited to see him in the movie. However, he, to me, was very, very, very underwhelming. And now that I've gotten time to think about it, it just wasn't what I wanted. I mean, he was completely just, I mean, absolutely spit on and laughed at throughout the entire movie. Um, and one of my favorite things about uh, Modoc is that how he's so smart. MODOK w- w- a direct quote from the comics is that Modoc's intelligence was increased to the nth term, which pretty much which pretty much means he's infinitely smart. And I would not say that this Modoc was infinitely smart at all. He was um, he I, I don't think he was smart at all actually. It was just, you know, it was a little disappointing. But again, it comes with what you enjoy. Like if you were looking, if, if you're finding like a character that can just be laughed at and kind of like a punching bag, then that's fine. Then you'll love, you'll love MODOK. But I mean, it just wasn't really for me. But aside from that, the only, not the only other complaint, but the other major complaint that I have is that a lot of people serve no purpose. The entire lead, like they, the entire like rebellion group They pretty much did nothing. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. They didn't do much at all. Like, yeah, they killed some guards. But besides that, what else did they really do? They didn't do much, which is a little frustrating. But, I mean, if they were to do a lot, it would take away from the main characters of the movie. And the fact that there were so many characters in the movie, you couldn't have had them do a ton. That's, That's really what my thinking is. But, regardless, I still see it as a flaw.
0: Yeah. So first, I'll touch on what you just said. Wait, I'm assuming you're done listening, them, right, Jared? Before uh, I,
1: yeah, I, I mean, I suppose. But I mean, I'm if I think of any in the future, I'll I'll just bring up. One.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, the characters that yeah was a little, um, I was expecting more out of Bill Murray, Murray's character, that's Krylar. That was one example. Um, turns out he was just like you know a. Um, a jerk, and was basically eaten by a big, uh, tentacled creature. So, like five minutes after his introduction, so I, that's kind of a waste of Bill Murray. I kind of have I, I'm not the biggest fan of Bill Murray, anyway. So, like I'm, I wasn't like I'm not incredibly disappointed that I didn't get to see him, uh, more. But like at the same time. It, it is a significant actor and you probably could have used them in a more substantial role throughout instead of just, you know, wasting a uh, actor with the, with that high caliber like that. And just a five minute scene just to like, you know, reveal that <laughs> Janet was doing some uh, stuff uh, 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 in the quantum realm. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to put it. But um yeah. And obviously the fact that, I mean, he was built, he, he, his character development was like proving, you know, that he was stranded by Janet in the quantum realm. And he was kind of like one of those driving forces in making like, you know, revealing that, you know, Janet did some harm on his on the population of the quatero but other than that i do not think bill murray was really utilized in a uh substantial way and then wh- when talking about the rebellious group because um, I, I mean uh quaz i think his name is he was a bit wasted i actually loved the fact that he was a mind reader i think that was pretty cool and i, and I thought that made for a funny moment When he was uh, reading Scott's mind, and he admitted that it was like not a good superpower to have because everybody's discussing, which is why, in the first place, I believe that mind reading is like a terrible thing to that would that could happen, and why I wish people didn't (laughs) didn't want it as a superpower because, like, that's like a be careful what you wish for type thing because that would not be uh, pretty. But I no, I liked uh, Quaz's role, and I wish I had. seen more of him though like you said and in terms of the other uh rebel the other rebellion members i think they were primarily just used to be uh you know kind of like uh fed to king in the end there so i understand i understand that you needed like a group to fight the robots obviously heads hence- why well, you had uh, the rebe- the rebellion in the first place so I didn't mind that aspects just some of the characters like quaz uh, I, I would have liked to see more of him and then even veb I thought veb was hilarious especially like I said with the holes joke about him not getting any holes and then him getting holes that was that was funny um, so I would have liked to see a little bit more of that but yeah so characters uh, utilization for a few um was a big thing. And then one thing uh, that Jared, I know we didn't necessarily talk about uh, Lewis who's played by, I think Jeremy Pena or Michael Pena. I think it's Michael Pena. Yeah. I don't know why I said, Jer- I have no idea why I said Jeremy probably cause I've heard it somewhere else, but um, Lewis's character that have been a big comedic uh, relief character in the past two anime movies would have loved to see him in uh this movie as well even if it were a minor role so that's kind of unfortunate so yeah lack of characters too you could also say that returned from the first two anime movies but uh yeah other than that those are my that that's my response to uh what you said jared about the uh the character utilization because i do think it was a bit of a flaw so uh I'm actually going to leave it there because I, I know I do have to respond to your Modoc thing, but I think that's better served when we go into our, one of our next segments here. But, uh, yeah, Jared, anything else you wanted to add in terms of Floss? I, I do like your point about – well, th-
1: the movie didn't really feel like continuous with itself. This is an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, but it didn't feel like a continuation on the Ant-Man and the Wasp movies anyway. Um, well, that is that, – that's definitely a valid complaint. Um, I did somewhat also like it because usually, all right, Kang is easily the biggest threat we've had in Thanos. Like there there's no, there's no like working your way around that. That is true. And it's very cool to me how such a large threat can happen and no one else can be even aware of it. No one's aware of it except them. And so um, I don't know how it's going, how the fallout is going to happen. But such a powerful character. Maybe, I don't know what they'll say to the other Avengers or other heroes, but no one knows and they aren't expecting anything. And so I'm really interested to see where that goes. If Ant-Man will, you know, actually tell people what, 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 what do you think they'll do? And this is kind of, this is kind of a question for you as well. What do you think the fallout of this will be?
0: You're talking about the ant family,
1: both the ant family, but also the fact that no one knows about this king yet except them. Yeah, I.
0: I mean, it's a good question, obviously, because we don't know how it's going to be revealed to the other people out in the world that king is coming. Because I mean, multiple kings, obviously, um, but I do believe. In terms of what will happen, I do think it leads, and this is kind of answer. This is kind of going into just a little bit of what I was, what we were going to talk about for the setup to King Dynasty. I do think Ant Man and the Ant Family plays a major role because uh, this movie does set them up as key players because they're the only ones that truly know what happened down in the quantum realm between them and King. They're the only ones who know the ultimate like doom that King will bring. So I feel like they will have an absolutely substantial role or they better that I mean they better in the in the future Avengers installments uh because I you need them to be Kang cuz especially Janet cuz I think Janet definitely is a key uh player in all this cuz she was yeah you know, she spent time with Kang the she spent the most time with Kang down in the Quantum Realm. She truly knows what well, he's capable of, so I think he especially need her, and and especially with Scott and Hope as well because they've already fought, King. So, and I can't help but thinking as well that the other Kings will be incredibly pissed off at the Ant family as well. So they they're going to have a very critical role, uh, to answer your question. And I think that in terms of the aftermath, they are going to be the first ones that we see, you know, having this major. Um, you know, kind of like crisis, knowing that, and we kind of got that in the end there with with Scott when he was walking through the town, even though like he was all happy that you know he, in quotes, defeated Kang, you know, in his mind he was like, but did he defeat Kang or is he? He did say that if he didn't leave the quantum realm, uh there was going to be you know. There was gonna it was gonna lead to war. So yeah, it's he's gonna have a very critical role, and the rest of the family to answer your question. So anything else you wanted you wanted to add on about that? So what you said about the other
1: kangs? Yeah, we know that those kangs and our kang despise each other. Correct?
0: Yes. Well, yeah. Yes, I do believe so.
1: Yes, I mean they did cast him out and he's pissed at literally everyone. Yeah. Now I know this is reaching really, really far into the future, but how do you think that'll come into play? Obviously, these Kangs are powerful. I am going to go out a limb and say that our Kang is the most powerful. How do you think that'll play into the story? How that we have all these Kangs, Kang Dynasty. Do you think that Kang Dynasty will start off with the other Kangs being main characters and then our Kang coming back and becoming the main villain?
0: All right. So this is – this is what I was – going. I mean no worries at all, Jared. I was going to say oh, this towards sure. the end after we started talking about the first end credit scene. Because I, really like Cause, I mean – no, no, no worries. I mean it's better to talk about it than forgetting to talk about it. So uh, – so, just to first before I answer your question, Jared, I mean the first egg credits scene uh, had all the basically all the kings going to this col- Coliseum, which I thought was awesome by the way. And obviously Jared, I'll give you time to review that egg credits scene afterwards. But I think that uh, the three that we saw at the very beginning and I do and I don't know one of them. I think it was the one on the far right. Uh, but I know that Immortus was the one in the middle, and then Ramatut, which is another K variant, was on the left. So, but all three of those, obviously, they were all Kang variants, as was all the Kangs in the Colosseum. Those. This is here. So, this is my prediction as to what's going to happen because I did kind of form kind of like this idea of this, uh, and then I started looking like online when I saw even more even more, like, reactions to this. I saw a little bit more of what I was kind of going for after seeing this. Those three kings, I do believe, are going to be the main villains in Kang Dynasty. All three of them. I could be, obviously, just be speculating, but I think those three kings are going to be the main villains. You're going to have, obviously, more kings throughout, I feel. I feel like that sums up the purpose of having a war between kings, multiple kings, and not just three of them. But the three main ones that you're gonna see throughout Ramata, Amortis, and the other one, the other the other king variant that we saw there, which I was not able to get that information as to who that was. But I know that Ramata and Amortis were the two of those. So I think they're gonna be the main villains in K Dynasty. Those are gonna be the three, along with other K variants, possibly. That the event, the Avengers, the regular Avengers that we have, you know, kind of seen seeds planted for what that team's going to look like, but th- th- those are going to be the main foes. In secret, I don't know how it's going to end. Obviously, that's a different story in terms of Kang Dynasty. Like, I don't know if those three kings are going to be defeated. I don't know if it's going to. Le- it's obviously whatever happens looms over to Secret Wars. So I'm not really too concerned about it. But in Secret Wars, I think you're going to see the return of this king that got sucked up into that multiversal core or engine or whatever. Um, Power core. So, because obviously that is how this ended with uh, Hope and uh, Scott obviously attacking uh King and uh basically getting him sucked up into that core. I feel like that's going to ma- – that made him – I don't think he's dead for the record. I, Jared, I'm assuming you feel the same way. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. No way. And with that power that he consumed from that core, I think that's going to turn him into the main villain of Secret Wars. And at this point in time, you're going to have a bunch of other – uh, legacy heroes being introduced because it is Secret Wars and that's what you're going to need. So, you, and with some other Kang variants involved, I think I think that's what it's going to look like. So with those three Kang variants being the main guys at Kang Dynasty, with uh, this Kang that we saw in Quantumania being the villain in Secret Wars. So, Jared, that's my long answer to your response. But I do want to know what you think of that, though.
1: So, I like it. I, I do. I do like it. Um, one, one thing like there is there's obviously that super small chance that that Kang is dead. There is an incredibly small chance if that comes to proportion. I will be the most unhappy I've been ever like that would be a travesty, an absolute travesty. But I do, I do agree with you. I think that Kang Dynasty is going to be about a, an entire dynasty of Kangs. It's not necessarily a dynasty ruled by Kang. Obviously, it is ruled by Kang, but it's of Kangs in general. And I and I pretty much agree with entirely of, of what you were saying. But I'm really hoping that our Kang comes out and then it's Kang and Doom. and uh, We'll get to that later, actually. But um, I, I mean, I really hope that our Kang comes out. And
0: Well, if you want to touch on whatever, just touch on whatever you think, what you want to see happen with the Kangs in Avengers now. Because, I mean, obviously we're on that subject.
1: Okay, well, so I want Kang to come out. I mean, it could be like an end credit scene in Kang Dynasty where, you know, maybe they either defeat the Kang Dynasty or they lose to the Kang Dynasty or they make peace with the Kang Dynasty, something like that. And then Kang comes in and end credit scene and, you know, really starts to mess with things. Now, what I want after that is that segues into Secret Wars where Doctor Doom has been set up. And then it all intersects with a Doctor Doom and Kang, like a double villain type thing in Secret Wars. I think that would be the pinnacle of Marvel and what could be the best movie that Marvel's ever produced.
0: So, yeah, I absolutely – i I've been an active supporter of Do- Dr. Doom being a Secret Wars because I'm really not too I, – I will say this right now because I don't know if I've ever said this on a, on a podcast episode before, but I will not be too thrilled if Dr. Doom has no uh, role in Secret Wars since that is a – at least in the um, – one of the more popular versions of secret wars the whole reed richards and dr doom dynamic is very very critical to secret wars and if and while i do believe that Kang is still going to be more of the main focus if we don't at least get dr doom in some fashion in Seeker wars i would be a, a tad bit disappointed he doesn't have to be the main villain but like you said jared if it's him and Kang teaming up even if it's dr doom starting off as an anti-hero at first and still in secret wars i do still feel like that needs to happen because look i love obviously i love the direction they're going with king they're going in with king especially after quantum mania but uh i do feel like you got to give other villains major villains focus as well and while you could save doom for after the multiverse sega i feel like you know i i, I think the weight uh, should be coming to a close soon, especially since we're getting fantastic Four and stuff. So, to answer your question, Jared, I mean, to answer what you said, I would absolutely love if Doom were there. I don't know how likely it is, but I mean, I would. That's what I would root for, and with Doom being set up throughout the phase as well. So that's basically my response. But uh, yeah, I think that we both. I I do think that this quatermania king that we saw will not appear again till secret wars that is the big theory that i that's basically the theory that i have right now because i see this king being the main villain of the finale of the multiverse saga so that's why i'm going to say secret wars and i do think king dynasty like you said jared is focused more on that whole it's in the title dynasty of kings so yeah, anything else you want to touch on with the Avengers movie with the setting up the Avengers movies? I, th- I think we,
1: I think we talked a lot about that. I, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting to think out that far. Obviously the movies are so far away, so we can't get an entire grasp on it yet, but I a hundred percent agree with that. Doom should be in secret wars considering that. Um, Doom in Marvel is just one of the most menacing villains in the comics. Like, he will, he will, he doesn't care. He will kill anyone at any time and just, just for, he, I mean, he created Battle World. Like, obviously, I should probably explain that. I, I won't explain that, but it's just like to pair two of those menacing villains would just create for such an amazing movie. And so, for that to like culminate in Secret Wars, I think that I'm totally on the tra- same train that you're on. It would just be fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agreed. So, but yeah, obviously, unfortunately, we do still have a while to wait before King Dynasty, though, which you know has its up up and downs. Because you know, you you want Marvel to take its time with it, obviously, because this is especially considering the critics were not was not a big fan of this film. Obviously, I do think that you know you need a stronger. You, you, it would have been nice for them to get a stronger start in terms of getting good reviews to what's going to lead to Kang Dynasty. So, um, you know, you do want Kang Dynasty to be successful. So, I understand why they're taking the time. But at the same time, you know, especially with all these Kang teasers that we got in Quantumania, it would be, it certainly would be nice for it to be rather than later. But unfortunately, we do have to wait a little bit, quite a little bit. But, um, yeah, it will get here eventually, obviously. But, yeah, that's just a little, uh, you know, dive into the future with those Avengers movies, though. But uh, now, Jared, before we move on, on to the last crash scene and start wrapping up here, uh, is there anything, uh, is there any other, like, you know, characters you want to touch on or your favorite parts that you had? Uh, anything like that? Now is the time to say that. So, one part of the movie that I really, really, really
1: liked was, obviously, it's it's yeah it, it's surrounding Kang, but I want to address his mannerisms. I I don't know if I don't I don't know if I just like don't notice it in like actors sometimes, but Kang, or John, I should just say Jonathan Majors, Jonathan Majors incorporated body language and facial expressions in such a masterful way in his character it was incredible facial tics the movements of his mouth i i've never seen a just pretty much anyone like that in a movie i don't know if it's just because this is the first time realizing it Ron, but i, I want to know if you you if it's happened before in the mcu but like he 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 portrayed the villain in more ways than just, like, acting, if that makes sense. He was, he used, like, everything to become Kang. I, and again, I want I want you, I, I don't know if this has happened with other villains, other villains, um, or if it's, or if I'm just noticing it now.
0: No, uh, actually, that's part of what, what I was going to touch on when I was talking about my favorite parts here. Um, no, I think you're, I, you are absolutely not wrong. His mannerisms um, the, were on point, in my opinion. And Jonathan Major's... You know, he, he was... And I, this is not a surprise given the fact that the casting director for Marvel is literally one of the best things that have happened to Marvel since... I can't name as Well, there may be a few. But other than a few actors and actresses that I haven't necessarily enjoyed as much, most of just about every single person being casted in the MCU have done a phenomenal job. But John Ma- Jonathan Majors, uh, you, you he just, he absolutely brought a very, very strong performance. And I will say, and this is one of the, without Kang, I certainly would not be hyping, you know, you know praising this Quantumania movie as much, because, or without Jonathan Majors, I should say, because Jonathan Majors really did a fantastic job playing Kang. And w- with the man- mannerisms, like with him just walking and holding both of his between him uh, walking, holding uh, his hands together, uh, even that was like very, like you could tell that he meant business whenever he did that. His facial expressions, he genuinely looked angry uh, at, at multiple points, especially when, you know, Janet in the beginning took that orb from him after she saw his memories and you, you, you could tell that he meant business so yes I absolutely agree with you Jared that his Jonathan Majors did a great job especially with the mannerisms and the second thing I was going to touch on with that you know kind of going off of King the Conqueror here the dialogue was unbelievable I will tell you that the, there are times when lines that are said by characters do not really stick and it makes them like, you know, forgettable to the point where I don't remember like, you know, those lines that were said. Um, and it, that does happen. And it, and it's going to happen with some of the, th- and it could with uh, some of the things that King said, I'm not going to remember all of it, but I'm certainly going to remember some of it. And I'll give you an example. When he was threatening King, I mean Ant Man, by saying, I am going to something along the lines of, I'm going to kill your daughter over and over and over again. And I'm going to make you relive it over and over and over again. And then, and to the point where you're going to beg me to kill you, something along those lines. That was one of the most badass things I've ever seen said by somebody, and also very like sadistic because he literally threatened to kill his daughter over and over and over again. Really, really dark, and it it it, it shows that you know he actually means business when he said, "I'm an event, you're an avenger. Have I killed you before?" Another line that absolutely meant business and knowing that he killed other villain other avengers in the past that's a that was like you know a really chilling moment and so just lines like those and jonathan major's delivery of those lines were perfect in my opinion and truly led to king like you said jared being one of the best villains that we've seen portrayed in the mcu i would not I mean, obviously need to see more of King, but I would not call him better than Thanos yet. Certainly getting there though. So, um, Jared, anything else you wanted to add about Kang before I go on to one more part that or character that I wanted to touch on? No, nah, don't worry. I think I've said enough about King. All right. So I do need to. It's my turn to address the uh, Modok thing because this is when I was going to give my praise actually. Um. I go go. Go, go. So, I was not expecting, and this is partly because I knew that this was going to be there. It was kind of everywhere, and I think the director even said this beforehand that Modak was going to be revealed to be Darren Cross, aka Yellow Jacket. So, knowing that I was most likely going to be seeing him without the helmet, um, I was not expecting a very serious performance in here. Making it a serious performance would have just made it si- stupid because and while the whole thing could have been d- claimed as stupid because it's a big head in live action, if you made him a serious character I it would have just been it would not have worked well considering I definitely did not take him seriously and the fact that nobody else really took him seriously what made this work in my opinion and the fact that, you know, he was meant to be like he wasn't just designed to be the serious character who was, you know, extremely intelligent. And while Jared, I know you had a problem with that. And while I get it, I just don't think that would have worked in live action. So bringing Darren Cross back and in this way, turning him into this comedic character and with with this big head, obviously what having multiple people acknowledge how in the movie, how crazy it is and how like, you know, wacky it is for him to have a big head worked in my opinion. And I, I, I just think that with his lines that he, he, because he had some pretty funny when Scott, Oh, and this is another thing I'll touch touch on with Scott in the um probability storm with all the different Scots in there getting the core. Yeah. Just to touch on that real quick. That was a very cool scene, very visually, very visually well done. Um, but when he was down there, and he was calling for Darren, and then he said Modoc, and then he and then he finally responded. I laughed at that. I think that just having uh, him saying, "I'm not, I'm such a dick," when Cassie was calling him out for being a dick, and he's like, "Well." Uh, talking about like who he did, he didn't know who he was, and but then realizing that he doesn't want to be a dick anymore. While stupid on the surface, I thought it was very, very funny. And even his dialogue when he's literally dying, like he's talking about how he's an Avenger now and stuff like that, and he's like, you know, holding with his little baby arm, uh, with his little baby hand touching Scott's face. I actually absolutely thought that was hysterical. Um, I have not laughed at a death scene ever, <laughs> I, I don't think, until that very moment. So, no, where I'm going, though, is I applaud the fact that they took the risk of including Modoc. And I do appreciate the fact that it was used for comedy effect, the comedy effect. And while well, that's different from what you think, Jared... Um, I do have to say it did work for me, considering um, it didn't make me laugh in the end. And it was memorable. Like, I'm going to be remembering some of the things that <laughs> happened between with um, Modoc here. And I will say this, when he had the helmet on, it looked very, very cool. So I do appreciate the fact that they took that cool design with the helmet on and everything. And he was intimidating a few times. Well, not the whole time. He was intimidating when he was, like, you know, confronting Hank and stuff like that with the helmet. I want to say with the helmet on, he was the most intimidating, as that makes sense, because that's when we didn't get to see the big head. But, Jared, anything else you want to touch on with Modoc?
1: I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from, man. I mean, it, uh, but again, it's it's a total preference thing. Like my the comedy just didn't really fit my style. Yeah, but you know, that's 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 to to each their own. So I can totally yeah. see where you're coming from, but I mean, yeah, I think Modoc. If if you like that type of comedy, he was a perfect character, and if he was so smart, they would have had to. That would have just been another character to develop. And like I said earlier, they had so many characters in this movie. Like, there were just so many people. And if they had another person that they needed to develop, it would have had to be either longer or they would have had to cut down on other people's time. So, I think it would have taken away from Kang. So, I do think, in the end, it is for the best.
0: Yeah. And now, at least, we could say that we saw Monarch in live action. So, it has... That going for it, but yeah, I didn't mind the performance of it own. Was all. What, was it my favorite? No, but I, I thought he did bring a lot of comedic relief there. So and it did not, and like I said before, it did not overshadow the main plot like Thor: Love and Thunder. So I, I appreciated the comedy that Motah brought because it didn't seem too uh, jarring in force. So with that being said, we are going to move on to the uh, final subject here, talking about the final, the very final end credit scene that was actually i'm trying to think do i want to touch on jared i'll give you before we go there did you want to touch on anything else because i do think i just want to touch on one more thing but did you have anything else you want to touch on i can't in terms of anything... i can't think of anything right now but what, what do
1: you want to touch on right now maybe it'll spark
0: something for me it was simply just that uh badass uh, brawl at the end there between king and ant-man because that was actually also one of my favorite parts because it, ju- it wasn't Scott shrinking down or growing big in the end there. Because, I, I mean, side note, with him growing big and knocking down those towers and stuff like that and him, like, you know, uh, just crushing everything. I, I love that. And obviously that's who Ant-Man is. But then you also have him at the end there just going at it, just man to man, no no shrinking or growing or anything. And Kang not even using his powers, just having a big brawl and with Kang kind of like destroying Scott and giving him like a bloody face and everything. And with Hope swooping in there and saving Scott, I I just loved that whole sequence because obviously it built on that relationship between Hope and Scott, Hope willing to go back in there, getting stuck in the quantum realm, saving her you know saving a person she really cares about and but then you just obviously had that menacing battle uh final battle at the end there between king and sky i just wanted to get your thoughts on that real quick joe well i mean it was totally different
1: and that's that's i think why you and i I also liked it a lot it was completely different from anything that ant-man has ever done it showed a lot of perseverance how he was super just super super in there and i'll be honest I wasn't thinking how they have a portal to the quantum realm so they can just open it. I was, I was thinking that the portal was going to close. He was going to throw Kang in and then he was going to be stuck down there. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I, I do think it ended up pretty well because that would have been a, that would have had to be a, like a whole nother thing. Um, It was good. Yeah. Though. I mean, it was a good scene and I think that it showed that Ant-Man is more than his powers and he's just a, a very perseverant person as well. I think that really helped.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, having, you know, because in that first half of the third act there, you had obviously, like I said, you had Ant-Man, you had all the shrinking and growing shenanigans between the, th- the three people. So that's why it, the three ants, in other words, or well, one's a wolf So that doesn't really work, but regardless, you get what I mean. And, seeing them utilize those powers in the beginning on the robots and, and with King as well um, was cool to see, but that's why it, seeing that change of pace to that uh, brawl there at the end was quite different. And I actually did enjoy that. So yeah, I just wanted to add a touch on that. But with that being said, now let's go to the second end credit scene. Cause obviously that was another big one. Jared, what did you think about the end credit scene? Uh, basically the, uh, cameo with Loki and Mobius there.
1: I think that it, it it's very interesting to say the least. It shows that I mean, obviously Loki was going to be very important going on, but I mean, this is I assume it's going to tie into Loki season two. Obviously, there's going to be a bunch of stuff about that in Loki season two. Maybe that's maybe that ends with that or begins with that. And I, I don't think it's like in the middle or something. And it and it I think that Loki will be on to Kang as one of the biggest villains. I mean, he already is. But it'll be interesting to see how their stories intersect. Because obviously, that Kang doesn't know about... Well, I shouldn't say doesn't know. Most likely doesn't know about multiversal travel and things like that. And that kind of highlights the variants of Kang. There are so many variants of Kang. And the same thing with the uh, the first time credit scene. Where there there's all those Kangs in the stands. Some of those Kangs are not like, you know the most powerful evil Kang in the world. You know, there were some just, like, super excited, like, cheering a, a bunch. it's, it's going to be super interesting to see those variants and see how it interacts, but also how Loki's going to come into it because we know that he's going to come into it. He's going to have a huge role to play in multiversal things, and so I'm super excited to see how that plays in. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it obviously just points to that is going to be big in Loki Season 2.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, that's the main function of this post credit scene, obviously, to set up season two. And I loved everything about Loki. Definitely one of my favorite Disney Plus shows, and it's not even close compared to some of them. Uh, Moon Knight is up there, obviously. Moon Knight is probably tied with Loki because, obviously, everybody knows how much I like Moon Knight. But those two are the ones to beat. Like, I don't think any of the other Marvel shows are as good as those two. So, but with Loki, very well deserving of season two, especially since we got that cliffhanger at the end there with Mobius with, and everybody else in the TVA outside of Loki losing memory of themselves. You had that big statue of King and, and is presuming that King is in control now. And then, so what this end scene does is it sets up both... Uh, the idea that Loki obviously knows that there's something something bad that is about to happen because he had that very, very concerned look on his face when he was watching Victor Timely. And then speaking of Victor Timely, setting up yet another Kang variant in like this scientist Victor Timely. So I think that, and I don't think that the Victor Timely is necessarily going to be a bad, King variant it's kind of seems like he's – I and I could be dead wrong about this, but it kind of seems like he's one of the better ones. So it'll be interesting to see if he's the main King variant that we see or or there's going to be more in the Loki season two. But regardless, I do appreciate the fact that uh, we did get this Loki and Mobius cameo because it was they, they were uh, obviously very good char- – they're ph- phenomenal characters in my opinion, I and I love – uh, more Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson together. So I, I did appreciate that small little Loki, uh, t- Loki season two tease. Because I definitely think for the record that this scene that we saw is probably going to be in Loki season two, because you just got those vibes that this was taken right out of the season, which I definitely um, definitely support because it did give us our first little tease. So, Jared, anything else you wanted to add to that?
1: I, I agree with you that I agree with you that he, he's going to be very important going to the future and I'm just interested to see how how everything will connect like actually connect because obviously all right we, we talked to we talked about it after we came into the theater Loki is most likely going to come back into the actual,
0: Primal show, correct? Or like, dang, I, like, no I would, I would I that's would be my guess. Yes. So I want
1: to know how that will actually like interact because I feel like Kang will be the gateway to actually get him back in there. But I wonder when that will be. Will it be in Kang Dynasty? Will it be all the way in Secret Wars? Will it be in between? I'm just wondering if like maybe Loki will come in and save the day with knowledge that he's gained to defeat Kang, things like that. It's it's very interesting to see how we've been building up these two completely separate characters who know this is the same person as a very big factor and someone to fear. But they're in completely different places. It's going to be really interesting to see, and it's definitely going to be kind of trippy with how the multiverse is working.
0: Yeah, I mean, Loki... assuming he does go back to the Earth 616, which I hope he does. I don't think it's a guarantee necessarily. I mean, it's a safe assumption, but I don't think it's a 100% guarantee. But let's say he does, obviously, then he instantly... Or, I mean, I think he's tied with Janet at this point for knowing the most about Kang at that. But then again, we haven't seen Season 2 yet, so Loki could become the top person who knows the most about Kang, so obviously he would be very very important as well for the future avengers movies and in stopping Kang. so yeah i it'll be interested to see what role he has if any in the earth 616 and not um if assuming he gets out of that uh you know tva whole tva business so but yeah so, I obviously we're both looking forward to Loki season two, which actually does come out in the summer. So, it's uh, you know, time does fly by. So, sooner, sooner rather than later, it'll definitely be here. But, um, yeah, with that being said, Jared, any other thing to add regarding Ant Man and the Quantum Mania?
1: I-, I think we covered it pretty well. Uh, all I know is that this is going to be. This is this is the portal movie. This is going to send us forward to an absolutely turbulent time with Kang and I'm super excited to see the rest of it.
0: Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, we can I think and I do, and I think that I speak for the majority here cuz I even the people who gave this a poor review did say something similar. While this movie might not have been the greatest for some people and while you know pe- some people just didn't like it and uh, uh fortunately we did like this obviously but some people did not so but regardless i think it's a safe assumption for everybody to agree that this was a perfect or not perfect but good setup for what's to come so and and i think that that was the most important thing so and like i said we both enjoyed it uh and we i i think we were both satisfied in the end uh because I do think we both think that it does a great job in setting up what's to come, especially with King. So with that being said, uh, Jared, any other final thoughts? I think you covered everything quite well. I, I, I do believe so. So, yep. Yeah, but the, for, for us, this was another enjoyable Marvel adventure. was it perfect, obviously, but it was very enjoyable. So we thank you all for listening. And we hope, obviously, we hope that you uh watched it before you listen to this podcast but uh we hope that you enjoy it and uh yeah thank you again we're obviously moving into in terms of next marvel movie that we got guardians of the galaxy so and obviously that's uh, i definitely have some very positive thoughts about that heading into it but yeah uh it'll be here sooner rather than later so thank you all for listening and uh uh, we look forward to you know continuing this uh journey into Guardians of the Galaxy Vol 3 and beyond so thank you all once again and have a great rest of your day we will see you next time